Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, Season 3, Episode Number 10. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent. With me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. How you doing, Mike? Hey, yo, Big Bet Brent. Week 8 is in the books. We've been stacking some ched. You know I'm in a good mood, buddy. Hey, yo, let's go. Your eyes look a little little less beady, Mad Money Mike. We had a London game yesterday. How did you do with uh, the lack of sleep? You know what? I'm so energized by this massive cheddar stack that i've got next to me that uh you know i'll sleep when i'm dead let's put it that way (laughs) oh i love it all right well let's get right into the week eight recap starting with for at least a little bit another boring thursday night football game but they did eventually turn on the jets and get some scoring i'm talking about of course the baltimore ravens heading into tampa bay to take on the buccaneers and this game started out as a snooze fest. I mean, there was a muff punt right out of the gate. The Bucks muff a punt, and you just think, oh, this is game over. Ravens going to roll all over them. Uh, but no, they actually come out fighting 10-3 uh, to 3 at the end of the half. Buccaneers, it's a tale of two halves, Mad Money Mike. The Buccaneers looked incredible. They held the Ravens to like 30-some-odd yards rushing in the first half. Lamar looked terrible passing the ball in the first half. Uh, they were up 10-3. to 3. Uh, the Ravens were losing uh, at halftime. The Ravens, Justin Tucker had a chance to kick a 61 yarder, uh, but it got blocked. I don't know if you saw, but he was kicking 70 yarders in pregame. I mean, that's just, that's a pretty mad flex right there. Uh, Mark Andrews goes down in the first half, but then halftime, I don't know what they fed the Ravens. I don't know. What do you think it was? Was it the, like the Viagra and the, uh, the soup? Is that what the bills do? But they came out blazing <laughs> in the second half, scoring, what is it? They ended up winning 27-22. to 22. Lamar Jackson goes 8-for-8 eight eight in the second half with two touchdowns. Uh, they end up with 231 rushing yards. They sack Tom Brady. He's now the most sacked quarterback of all time. He just passed Ben Roethlisberger. He's got 556 sacks. The Bucks have lost three straight. They're officially floundering the the, it's not the Sharps. The Sharps lose again. The Squares win again. The uh, Sorry, the Ravens winning and covering the spread. Mad Money Mike, that was a mouthful. What were your thoughts on this game? And uh, yeah, I, I feel like we're both on the same page with uh, one team pointing up and the other team pointing straight down. Well, yeah, and we talked about this line last week. This was like head scratcher maximum. This was like Giants Jags all over again. What is happening? Mm-hmm. How can this line possibly be? And they tried to trick us. They tried to trap us. But uh, it was uh, it was Halloween for us, buddy. All treat. No trick. We saw it coming. Dude, the Bucks are so awful, man. Tom Brady's so awful. The memes are just like flying. Uh, you know, everything with Giselle's a witch. And she's like cursed the team. And, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just all kinds of stuff, man. It's, it's an embarrassment. I feel, I feel embarrassed for him. I feel embarrassed for the Bucks. 
Baltimore is not playing great. Man, Lamar Jackson is having serious accuracy issues. Obviously, uh, immense amount of talent and just a sheer will to win, still getting it done with his legs. But, dude, they're going to suffer unless he can start throwing some more accurate balls, especially with Andrews being out. Yeah, I don't have the schedule look ahead for the Ravens, but uh, it almost feels like, you know, round two in the in the NFL game, uh, you know, 12 round fight versus uh, the injuries. So, um, yeah, luckily they, they come out with the win. Anytime you can get a win on a short week on the road, you know, you got to be happy about that, especially when you consider you're up against, you know, the GOAT, Tom Brady, even though, uh, as you alluded to, he's uh, getting divorced. Um, so that's been uh, you know pretty big news. But anyway, yep, Thursday night. On to the Sunday slate. Mad Money Mike, I have nothing to talk about for the London game, Broncos-Jags. I don't even think you were up at, for the first half, but you didn't miss much. Broncos win 21-17. The Jags, who was like, you know, the Sharps darling, uh, fall to 2-6. and six. Uh Trevor Lawrence just I don't even think Russ was cooking too well until the very end of the game but yeah it's a it's a London game I'm happy there's football but that's about it yeah not much else to say it is interesting to see the Jags being talented but not being able to put it together I mean you know you talk about they're supposed to win the game in the trenches tough against the run and a great offensive line but they're not winning games they're two and six I chalk a lot of that up to being a young team, being an inexperienced team. I do think they have talent, and they'll uh, give it another go next year. Yeah, the division's not too strong. I mean, the Colts lost uh, in exciting fashion. The Titans keep winning. Um, so, yeah, they they had, they really had a chance this year if, if they could have done anything. So a little bit disappointing there. But, uh, hey, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he's still young, so hopefully a bright career ahead of him. Let's move to a game that was the complete opposite. This one wasn't decided until overtime, and I'm talking about the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers, who have just completely shed all of their dead weight. It turns out Christian McCaffrey was dead weight for the Panthers. Also, their head coach, we talked about last week, got fired. Apparently, he was dead weight. P.J. Walker now in at quarterback. He's revitalizing this team. They take the um, Atlanta Falcons to overtime in Atlanta, and barring some crazy penalties, they should have won this game, Mad Money Mike. Now, there's like a crazy like 60-yard bomb go-ahead touchdown to DJ Moore to tie up the game pending the PAT. But he's just so excited. He throws his helmet off in celebration, technically not in the end zone. So like the whole like in the field of play, like what's the definition of in the field of play like in regards to should they have called the excessive celebration penalty? Nevertheless. It backs up the PAT to like a 60-yard bomb, and he misses it. Eddie Pinieri, Pinero, sorry, I'm mispronouncing that, misses the extra point, so we're going to overtime. Then the Panthers get another chance to kick a winning field goal in overtime, and they miss that one too, opening the door for the Falcons to take first place in the NFC South at 4-4, four and four, kicking their own field goal, winning 37-34. to 34. I've never seen... I think of the Detroit Lions when I think of such exciting football between such garbage teams. Mad Money Mike, what were your thoughts on this game? Well, we did talk last week about a sprinkle on the Falcons for winning the division. So for all of our loyal listeners who followed and sprinkled, tip of the cap. They continue their march towards the finish line. Um, 
Do you call it a penalty on someone for excessively celebrating a 60-yard bomb at the end of the game is so amateur hour? Shame on you, NFL, for dumbing down the product, for making your product crap. Congratulations, you have one product and you're making it crap. Dude, I hate the NFL, I hate football, I hate refs, I hate everything. All right, this was stupid. But with that being said, still on the kicker because regardless of what happened there, he had a chip shot to win in overtime. It was like, a, I think it was a half yarder. I've never seen a half yard field goal, but he had the first one in history and he still missed it. So it actually takes the that kind of pressure off of DJ Moore like, oh, you lost the game for us. Nope, only the kicker. The kicker lost the game. The kicker sucks. Fire him. Continue to shed that dead weight and then give it another go next year, Panthers. They're not out of it, Mad Money Mike. They're 2-6. They're, and six and they're, they're gone. gone. They'll never win again. <laughs> two and, they will finish the season 2-15. and 15. They suck. That's just simply not true. The Falcons are in first place. Sole possession of first place. It's no tiebreaker or nothing. They are 4-4 four and four in sole possession of first place. Had the Panthers won that game, they would be in first place via tiebreaker at 3-5. and five. So I'm holding out hope this ship it's been righted. They've dropped their dead weight. Um, go Panthers, go. All right, let's keep chugging along. Another exciting game. That was pretty close at times. The Bears could have got it to within three at some point early in the second half. Um, yeah, anyway, they lose in Dallas 29-49. to A um, lot of rushing yards in this game. The Bears really stacked up the rushing yards. Justin Fields actually looked pretty good. He did have an interception, but it was called back on a rough in the passer penalty. Uh, Micah Parsons with a defensive touchdown that had some acrobatics by Justin Fields jumping over him and not touching him down. So little PSA, like you play till the whistle and like you, you always got to touch him down. This isn't college where, you know, just because his knees down, the play is over. But uh, Ezekiel Elliott does not play in this game. Tony Pollard. Ends up going for three touchdowns. Mad Money Mike, I'm curious if you uh, share Jerry Jones's view that uh, Zeke is still there, you know, first down, all down back, which makes no sense to me. Dak Prescott is back. He ran for a touchdown. He looked pretty good. Uh, things are looking up for the Cowboys. They're 6-2. and two. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, if by first down, all down back, you mean like, I don't know, our future, our future like communications liaison or something, then yes, he is because he'll never play football again. He's no good. He's never been any good. Now, obviously, he's a great guy, deserves a spot in the organization. Um, but uh, Tony Pollard is the clear back, like tip of the cap. He looks dude. better. Hey, dude, he's, a, he's an absolute missile out of the backfield, dude. Zeke Elliott's had his feet stuck in molasses for like the last four <laughs> seasons. Zeke Elliott is the sole reason why the Cowboys have sucked for decades. He wasn't even born yet. And they <laughs> to him. All right. So tip of the cap to all you fantasy owners out there that were smart enough to uh, stash Tony Pollard away, waiting for the inevitable uh, uh, starting role for him. And if the Cowboys as an organization are wise, they'll keep him there, but they are not wise. And when Zeke's back, they will make Zeke the starting quarter uh, running back, in which case they will begin to lose games again. But nevertheless, until then, they'll stack some wins. Dak Prescott is back. He's got some fire under his, uh, you know, He's got some fire in him, and um, and you know. Meanwhile, the uh, <clears throat> the Bears. I don't know. It's an interesting interesting thing with the Bears because when you watch them play, you think to yourself like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh!" There's some talent. Oh, oh, there's some talent. But yet, you know, like so many teams, like the Jags, it's not just about having talent. It's not just about like 
looking. It's about like this intangible, like how to actually win games and the Bears just don't have that. So unfortunately for all of our friends in Chicago, pack it up, pack it in. The <laughs> Bears will not win again. At some point, we're going to have to talk about a team that's going to win games. Right now, Mad Money Mike has just like crossed out half of the NFC from ever winning again. So um, with that, let's move to an AFC matchup that also had some excitement. The Miami Dolphins headed into Detroit, taking on the Lions. They were down for most of this game, um, trailing, what's that, 17 to 27 at halftime. But they score 14 unanswered in the second half. Mad Money Mike, Tua Tagovailoa continues to impress although i did just notice he's still under throwing tyreek hill um i know that you know he's got a, a reconstituted brain but his he's still under throwing tyreek hill tyreek hill is just mad fast um he did have like a qbr of like 92.8 so i'm starting to wonder this qbr statistic like how much of it is truly the quarterback versus how much of it is like his team elevating his statistics, even though they're supposed to be advanced statistics, but nevertheless, Dolphins get away with the win, squeak out a win and a cover, 31-27 over the Lions, who fall to one and six. And uh, you know they're fun to watch, but man, their defense is is hot garbage, and uh, their offense is just slightly not able to uh, get them the wins. But they're fun to watch. What do you think, man, Money Mike? I know the Lions are fun to watch. They were so fun to watch in the second quarter when they scored all of. Uh... Oh, I'm sorry, second half when they scored all of uh, – hold on. Dang it, I need a calculator. Hold on a second. Um, oh, it comes out to be exactly zero. Zero second half points for the crap lines. They're crap. They've always been crap. They always will be crap. Dude, what an embarrassment. You're going to play – you're going to put up 27 points in the first half, and then you're just going to give up? They put in all of their fourth stringers right after halftime, apparently. Scored absolute zero points, man. I just – I don't know, man. There's just so many things about the NFL that are such head scratchers. But yeah, they just really let down everybody. They let down their hometown fans. They let down themselves. They let down fans of football everywhere. To make this such a, you know, second half dud, it was sad to watch because I was I was touting it as the most entertaining game of the year in the first half. But regardless, uh, Dolphins and um, whoever that guy is that they're claiming is Tua, whatever body double they're using. Is continuing to underthrow Tyreek Hill, um, but he did uh, he didn't he did manage to slide on some of his runs, which uh, will be good because to get a third body double in is going to be excessively difficult. <laughs> so uh, so whoever this guy is is protecting himself a little bit, and the Dolphins are kind of scrapping together wins against you know a crap Lions team. So congratulations, I guess. Yeah, so second straight win with Tua back in uh, the starting lineup. I saw Tyreek Hill went for like 188 receiving yards. Jalen Waddle had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. So Dolphins improved to five and three. And uh, yeah, let's talk about, you want to talk about some zeros and some duds. How about the Las Vegas Raiders heading into the, formerly a Superdome, now it's the Caesars Superdome, New Orleans here in New Orleans, taking on the Saints and getting blanked 24 to zero. Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. Zero points. Mad Money Mike, they did not cross midfield until garbage time in the fourth quarter. I actually think Derek Carr was sitting. Like, he got benched just because, like, we're not going to win this game. The Saints absolutely dominating. Andy Dalton throws for 229 yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara 
rushes for 62 yards and a touchdown and has 96 yards receiving in two touchdowns. He was responsible for all touchdowns, Alvin Kamara. And guess who played him in fantasy this week? He was on my opponent's team. So uh, I'm, I'm mad, but I'm happy because I'm, I'm good to see the Saints only one game back in the division at three and five and the Raiders in my black book. I don't know why I thought they would win this game. So that's on me, but I'm always happy to see, uh, you know, some Raiders turmoil. Mad Money Mike, any additional thoughts on this game? Yeah, something's going on with Derek Carr. He needs to be uh, immediately eliminated, and I'll leave it up to you to guess what eliminated <laughs> means. But, dude, he is the worst thing to happen to, to Las Vegas since, like, the mafia. I don't know. Like, dude, he is absolutely toxic. He probably can't even see anybody once all that eyeliner starts, like, running in his eyes. He needs... I don't know, man. They, you know, you've got Stidham. You've got, uh, you know, you've got 26-year-old Stidham out of Auburn who, you know, looked pretty much garbage, but at least he's like a younger guy that maybe you can like, you know, mold into like something. But but you have to dump Carr. It's over. You got to get rid of Carr. You got to come up with a whole new game plan for uh, how you're going to operate that team. I think that they should sit everybody, throw all the games, go 0-17 on the season, and then get some draft picks. Uh, well, they're like already halfway there. They're two and five. I think that puts them like second to last, maybe third to last in terms of But they of do like have wins. to vacate those two wins, though. I'm sure they could figure out a way to do that with like <laughs> them being based in Las Vegas, all the you know debauchery and illegal activity that goes on there. I'm sure someone happened. I did see an interesting stat uh, related to that. Teams that play in Las Vegas, then the following week go play somewhere else are like, Four and 16 against the spread. So there is like a Vegas after effect for visiting teams. So, oh, I can't imagine, there's one I can't imagine why. It's probably, it must be because of all of that vitamin water and extra sleep they're getting while they're in Vegas. I, I can't imagine why. <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. We should have caught on to that earlier. But anyway, news is out about that. I thought that was pretty funny. All right, man, buddy, Mike, let's talk Patriots, Jets. Dak Wilson throws three interceptions. The Patriots. Literally run away with this game, twenty-two to seventeen, in New York. Jets fall to five and three. Patriots are last in the division at four and four. That's a tough division. Um, you know, a, a nice win after last week's loss um, for the Patriots. Man, money, Mike. This game cost me a little bit of money, but it's your lock of the week. So props to you. I took Jets on a live line plus three and a half, but they only scored in garbage time, and, and their defense just quit on them. So. Any thoughts? Uh, I know Zach Wilson, uh, as you call him, Pretty Boy. That's uh, that's your nickname for him. You came up with that. So, if dear Zach Wilson publicist, if you're going to sue us, just go directly to the source. But any thoughts on this game? Well, uh, I have a lot more nicknames for him than just that, but they obviously are not podcast appropriate. Dude, the guy is terrible. Please bench him immediately for all of those loyal fans. Zach Wilson has been the worst thing to happen to the Jets in the last. 400 years dude like since they started the organization in the 1200s they've never been this bad he's so awful he is a pick throwing machine he's like he's like butt fumble meets injured matt ryan like he is the worst of the worst man uh yeah and obviously you fading mad money mike's lock of the week come on dude have i not proven myself to you this year already i go to six and three on locks of the weeks so tip of the cap to all of the loyal listeners and there's an asterisk there because the whole uh, I made the Broncos pick 
and then Russell Wilson was injured and he was out. And now, sure enough, Russell Wilson's next game since then, he won. So that just goes to show you that had he played last week, I would have hit that lock of the week also. I really should be at 7-2. and two. Asterisk, I hope you guys cashed out when Russell Wilson got injured, but either way, lock of the week, 6-3. and three. <laughs> Patriots beat the Jets. Jets are awful. Moving on. I'm still trying to figure out how you spoke that fast. What if you're trying to tell me that all of a sudden, like, I lost a lock of the week because Russell Wilson sat out? Like, I would argue, like, your chances probably improved. Russell Wilson has not been much better than yeah. Zach. I just Wilson. proved it through you. I just proved it to you through one week through calculus, dude. Precise. They science. beat the Jags. Mad Money Mike. They beat the Jags in London. Like, who gives a? <laughs> like, yeah, but who on, are man. they playing? Who are they playing when I took them? It doesn't matter. We'll come back to that in our lock of the week segment. Probably the Bills. It was probably a terrible pick. Um, but yeah, bet let's keep moving. Jets. All year, keep betting against them. Bet against them hard. If Zach Wilson start, bet against them. Bam. Zach Wilson start. Bam. Stack cheddar. That's all I Yeah, that's, I know their 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 second their backup quarterback is uh, uh Flacco, I believe, but they have like a third string who actually aired out like Matt White or something. I don't know why they don't put him back in. Um, that may not be his name, but anyway, he was like a gunslinger. He he did really well one year one week last year. Um, and he's got to be better than Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. All right, let's move to the Steelers versus the Eagles. Man, it's got to be a good time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Um, Phillies in the World Series. Tied up one and one versus the Astros. Eagles undefeated seven and zero, stomping all over the Steelers, who fall to two and six. Uh, the outcome of this game: thirty-five to thirteen. This game was never close. AJ Brown six receptions, one hundred fifty-six yards, three touchdowns, and then gets a piss test this morning. Uh, quote unquote random piss test. Miles Sanders goes for nine carries, seventy-eight yards, and one touchdown. Jalen Hurts two hundred eighty-five yards, four touchdowns. Memory Mike Steelers going to a bye, two and six. They're pretty much done because they're in the AFC. The Eagles are seven and zero, and their schedule looks like cake. I mean, talk to me. Being an Eagles, being a Phillies, being in Philadelphia. I mean, for once, it's actually always sunny in Philadelphia, huh? Uh, roll the tape. What did Mad Money Mike tell you a couple weeks ago? We looked at their schedule, and I told you that they have an actual legit chance of going undefeated. I said that. Roll the tape. Go ahead. Roll it right yeah. now. Oh, we don't have that technology? Okay, fine. We'll do it later. But I did say that. I told you that based on their schedule, they have a chance of going undefeated. And you made a mistake. You said um, you said the Steelers um, are going into their bye. The Steelers actually just went by. They're just <laughs> gone. That's it. They're not coming back. They vacated. No, they vacated the rest of the season. So uh, congrats to all the teams with the uh, forfeit on the schedule. They are not good. There's no other way to put it. Um, but they were going up against the Eagles. And what can you say, man? The Eagles are well-rounded, both sides of the ball, offense, defense, special teams, concession stand, parking lot maintenance, you name it, dude. The Eagles are excelling. Tip of the cap to all of our loyal <laughs> listeners from Philadelphia, what? man. Because like you said, dude, it is a spectacular time to be a Philadelphian. Oh, I do want to talk a little bit about a little live game sweat, Mad Money Mike. Maybe you could fill us in. This game was 7-7 seven to seven at the end of the first quarter, and the team total over-under for the Steelers was 13-and-a-half. No. So, no. It was 13-and-a-half before they scored that touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, after they scored that touchdown, it was – I think it went to 17-and-a-half or whatever it, went, whatever it was. But before they scored that touchdown, it was 13-and-a-half. I jumped on it, and then they immediately proceeded to score that touchdown. They go for it on fourth down. In the red yeah, zone, what, and, but, and like actually, yeah, Chris Chase Claypool has like it's like an end around, and he like oh snap, and he like throws it. I don't even know if that was in the design. 
But also, you know that they were lined up for a field goal, and then there was a defensive delay of game. Oh, I forgot about that. A defensive <laughs> delay of game, okay? Never been called before. Never. Dating all the way back to the ancient Romans, there's never been a defensive delay of game called, ever. And it was called when I take points total under. Either way, uh, they sucked bad enough, and the Eagles were good enough, that they ended the game with 13 points after scoring a touchdown right in the first quarter. Mad money, Mike. Heater continues. I'm on a heater, oh. folks. <laughs> oh, man. I know that it's uh, it's going to be – all right, so it's going to be too late because the pod will come out tonight, like during the game at the earliest. So, Mad Money Mike, game three of the World Series, Phillies, Astros, and then Monday night football is Bengals, Browns. What do you see? What, what's, what's, your, what's your heater continuation streak? Let's, let's just lay out there. It either continues and blasts off tonight or putting an end to it tonight because I'm sick of all this lip. Yeah, well, I don't have one for you right now. I'm sorry. I will try to post one on our Twitter feed for all of our loyal listeners to listen to. But the thing about a heater is you can't just like throw around bets. Now you can, And you can also lose some small bets and still be on a heater. A heater is really characterized by when you really have a good feeling and you throw down a massive bet in that hitting. Because I've lost num numerous bets dabbling around in the 50-20 bet range, especially on, you know, with the World Series going on. With that being said, I do have Astros at uh, plus 130, minus one and a half. I got the Astros winning by two runs again, even though it's going to Philly. Um, so apologize to all the Phillies fans. Hey, just be happy that you guys are there, uh, but you are going to lose by more than two runs tonight. Yeah, and I mean this NFL podcast, the Eagles are still seven and zero. So I mean, come on, you're yep. win, you're winning the you're winning the game that counts. So exactly. All right, now Mad Money Mike, you had an opportunity to stack even more cheddar, and I'm talking about the Titans running all over Ooh. the Houston Texans, seventeen to ten. Derrick Henry ends with two hundred and nineteen rushing yards and two touchdowns. I don't know why I did not make this my lock of the week, but I should have. I did take him on a live line. Um, but and nevertheless, the Titans have won five straight. They improved to five and two. The Texans, they're gonna they're gonna backdoor or bust somebody, but it wasn't this week. Um, they fall to one five and one. Mad Money Mike, the Texans. Nobody likes the Texans. Everybody loves the Colts, but the te uh, the Titans continue to improve and impress. Um, kudos to their head coach Brable out there for for getting them up. You know, every single game, and they actually use their uh, backup running backs, so not getting too many miles on. Derrick Henry, even though he did have 32 touches for 219 yards. So they rushed the ball like all day. So Yeah, I got bamboozled um, on this one. I definitely <laughs> got bamboozled, man. The line, it was my, it was Titans minus one. I texted you and I was like, I put three little alert symbols. I said, alert, alert, alert. <laughs> I've never. It's, You're seeing ghosts. You're seeing ghosts out there, man. Money, man. It was the Lodiotis. It was the lock of time. It was the, the lock of the infinite expanse of time and space, dude. The Lodiotis. I couldn't believe it. And, but then it, I got bamboozled because it was like too it was too easy. How are the Titans only minus one? Minus one essentially just means a pick them. I mean, uh, you know, so obviously I went all in. Massive just 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 push the chips, a two-handed push. Um but then I got so freaked out because it's like, well this that's too easy. It's too easy of a line. Are you telling me the Titans just to win the game with King Henry against the lowly Texans? So I got spooked and I cashed out, man. And then what happened? Titans ran all over him, of course, man. King Henry does not 
mess around. He has absolutely owned the Texans. For the last 40 years, he's ran for over 300 yards in every game he's played against them. He's an absolute monster, and he kept it going, dude. Um, yeah, it is interesting that you pointed out that the Texans are definitely going to backdoor some people. You can tell they've got some talent. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, you said it all. You said it all. Between Derrick Henry and, and Vrabel getting his team prepared and everything like that, they ran open. So, fully agree. Let's give a little history to the uh, Lodi Otis, which is like lock of infinite time and space. It all started when last year, Mad Money Mike couldn't win a lock of the week to save his life. I forget the stat. I'd have to pull it up. He was probably like, we're in 100. So then he realized that you realized that they don't mean anything. And so you actually, like, oh, now it's time for locks of the century. And like you bet on Alabama or something, you bet on some other bets and you went like, oh, and three. And so then you had to move on to make this new one. Lodiotis lock of infinite time and space. So it's the lock uh, of the infinite expanse of time and space, dude. All right. Listen, big, hey, hey, can someone can someone come down here and pull the knife out of my back, please? Anybody? Big guy Branch is trying to trying to kick me when I'm down. Listen, weeks come and go. Centuries come and go. But the infinite expanse of time and space, dude. <laughs> It's all around us. If there's a Lodiotis, you better listen up, dude. Turn up your volumes. Uh, all right. Hey, look, I'm just I think I just got some sour grapes because you're kicking my butt this year. You're like six and three or so. We'll get to it. You're kicking my butt. I lost again because the freaking Packers, the Bills didn't even play football and they won by 10, but the spread was 10 and a half. Um, all right, real quick, because we're we're getting late on time. Mabony Mike, commanders come back win in exciting fashion last second comeback upset the Colts 17 to 16 in Lucas Oil Stadium 49ers look incredible over the Rams Christian McCaffrey throws for a touchdown catches a touchdown and runs for a touchdown like the three different ways you can score a touchdown pretty much 49ers roll 31 to 14 exactly what Jimmy G needed the Giants lose to the Seahawks 13 to 27 and then the Packers Get crushed by the Bills, but just not enough for the spread. 17 to 27. The game was never really close. Um, we're just going rapid fire here because we gotta we gotta make up some ground. Thoughts on these games. Yeah, Commanders and Colts are absolute garbage. Obviously, with Matt Ryan out and Ellinger at quarterback for Colts, they're nothing. They always have been nothing. They always will be nothing. That wasn't really a win. It was just like a who lost less. 49ers are the real deal with C Mac. He goes for the trifecta for like the sixth time in NFL history. I think we called this, if you rolled the tape, go 49ers. Giants are crap. They've always been crap. They always will be crap. The Seahawks are proving everybody wrong. Tip of the cap to the athleticism coming out of Geno Smith. And, yeah, the fix was in on the Packers' bills. Obviously, Vegas was uh, was calling the shots, piping in plays. Josh Allen looked a little bit kind of like he was looking past the Packers, just trying to, like, whip balls in the tight place, just playing a little bit out of his boots. But regardless, the bills still look sharp. Uh, on both sides of the ball, I don't read too much into the fact that they didn't win by a billion. And that is going to wrap it up for Mad Money Mike. Awesome. All right. Looking ahead to week number nine, I've got Shefty's Twitter up here. It looks like we've got some injuries. Oh, God. Rashad Bateman, wide receiver for the Ravens. He's going to be out a few weeks. P.J. Walker is going to start again for the Panthers. No surprise there. Packers wide receiver Christian Watson had a concussion. Cooper Cup went down. I don't have an, I don't have any more information on Cooper Cup's injury, so stay tuned on that one. Uh, Tyler Higby for the Rams. Tight end also went to the medical tent. 
All right, what else we got here? Namity Mike, anything to add? The Cooper Cup situation is really something to keep your eyes on. I tell you one thing, man, if he's injured and missed time, you got to pound whoever's playing against the Rams. He is definitely the linchpin of that offense. And with, uh, you know, Stafford being Stafford, if he doesn't have Cup, it's game over. They'll lose everything by a billion. Yeah, completely agree. All right, let's take a quick look at the standings. <clears throat> Vikings improved to 6-1 and one Packers. And Bears are now both three and five. Now, remember, the Vikings also beat the Packers once already. So they've got like a three and a half game lead in the NFC North. We talked about the NFC South with the Falcons leading the division at four and four. NFC West, interesting division. Seahawks, five and three. 49ers, four and four. Rams, three and four. Cardinals, three and five. NFC East, Eagles, seven and zero. Oh. Cowboys and Giants, both six and two. Commanders, four and four. AFC East, Bills six and one, Giants five and three, Dolphins five and three, Pats four and four. We've got a big showdown tonight. So right now, Bengals four and three, um, looking to improve to five and three to tie up the Ravens. All right, Mad Money Mike. Right now on buys this week. So coming off a buy this past week, Chargers and Chiefs, and there are six teams on buy this week nine: Browns, Giants, Steelers, Broncos, Cowboys and 49ers <clears throat> all right let's take a look it's time to look ahead to the week nine slate and we're going to start it off with the buffalo bills heading into new york so this is a, a northeast battle to take on the jets now the bills are on the road favored by 13 we just talked about zach wilson throwing three interceptions but up until last week you know the 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 patriots beat the jets I mean, it was a, it was a game. It was within a touchdown, but all of a sudden now it's it's like the Jets are back to being garbage. Thirteen points seems like a lot. A lot. Mad Money Mike. I've been checking my locks of the week, and I've been losing on all these big spreads. So I'm almost uh, this is either stay away from me or I like shoot me now because I'm about to take the Jets. Thirteen points seems like too many. What do you think? Don't yeah, don't do that. It it is not. It's not enough. The Bills will win by more than thirteen. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you right now, dude. If you take the Jets plus thirteen, I'm oh man, I don't know. I don't want to say something I don't mean. I was just gonna joke around and say like I'm not doing the podcast anymore, or I'm not going to Vegas or something. You can't do it. You just can't do it, man. Okay. I mean, it's just they're they're really bad. And with uh, Brees Hall being injured and Zach Wilson now having any last bit of confidence he had completely ripped away from him. he's going to be scared he's going to be seeing ghost dude it's going to be uh you know this is going to be like your standard like 34 to i don't know maybe like 34 10 if they're lucky kind of thing definitely going to win by more than 13 pound the bills all day i may take it as my lock of the i may take it as a lodiotis whoa not just your lock of the week but a lodiotis wow you're skipping the lock of the century okay now i in all seriousness though i appreciate that lapse of uh, you know correcting my lapse of mental judgment um yeah, that is a recipe for taking the Bills and the Bills team over and the Jets team under and like interception for a touchdown, just like every which way. Um, yeah, what was I thinking? They they did not look good at all, and they won by 10. So, all right, moving on. Let's head to uh, Minnesota Vikings heading into Washington, taking on the Commanders. Vikings won by either six or eight over the Cardinals, covering the three and a half point spread this last week. Now headed into Washington, taking on Heineke. They're only three and a half point favorites. I understand it's on the road, but Mad Money Mike, in my mind, this is not a uh, 
it's not a primetime game. It's a noon game. This is money. This is this is money time for the Vikings. I, I'm willing to give the three and a half points. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, certainly on paper, you look at what the Vikings have done this year. You look at who they've beat. You know, they're six and one. The only thing I can think here is it's a matchup situation. You know, Vegas is preying on us. You know, they know they know it's a matchup situation. You know, probably the commander's defense, you know, especially with that linebacking core has like a unique advantage over what the Vikings do on offense, something like that, because like I said, on paper, it's a no-brainer. Vikings minus three and a half. Gun to my head. I'll definitely take Vikings minus three and a half. But it feels very trappy to me, dude. I smell a trap. And for that reason, I advise to proceed with caution. Wow. The sage words of Mad Money Mike when he gets on a winning streak. that You got to protect <laughs> the streak. You know what I mean? It's like Under Armour. Like protect <laughs> his house. So, hey, a bet not made is a bet not lost. Bingo. So, all right, let's move on. Colts headed into New England, taking on the Patriots. Sam Ellinger looks to be the starting quarterback again for the Colts. They only put up 10 points. Or no, they put up 16 versus uh, the Commanders last week. So, Patriots are at home favored by five and a half. And when I hear Sam Ellinger starting and I hear Bill Belichick being the opposing coaching staff and that flute game versus the Bears, you know, Patriots losing to the Bears Monday Night Football a couple a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, they, they kind of got that speed bump out of the way. I love the Pats here, minus five and a half. Mad Money Mike, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Gun to the head segment all day. Patriots minus five and a half. I'd love to get a feel on this game for like the first, you know, just the first like six drives. Like get, let each team have the ball like three times and then hit a big live bet. But, uh, but yeah. But for the sake of uh, this segment and for and for placing pregame bets, definitely Patriots minus five and a half. If uh, yeah, if, if you notice that your house gets flooded this week, that is just Bill Belichick salivating over the opportunity <laughs> to go up against <laughs> uh, insert nickname Wilson, um, dude. Yeah, he's gonna absolutely. He's gonna have a field. That, oh no, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, Ellinger, Ellinger, Ellinger. Yeah, same. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay, so minus the insert nickname part. But yeah, Ellinger trying to go on the road. Uh, it's going to be bad news. Patriots minus five and a half all day. Nice. All right, let's head to the NFC West. The Seattle Seahawks heading into Arizona, taking on the Cardinals. Cardinals at home, only one and a half point favorites. Matt Money Mike, I think we're both kind of high on the Seahawks here. Um, why are we not going to ride with Geno Smith, who's top five in uh QBR and like most of the advanced statistics this year um, and ride with the Seahawks getting a point and a half versus a very unpredictable Arizona Cardinals team. Well, again, you know, we talk about matchups and we talk about what the Cardinals, you know, can do on offense and, and, you know, Hopkins since he's been back has been putting up like serious all-star numbers. So it is, it is making a difference. And the Cardinals did have a chance late in the game to make something happen against the Vikings. They weren't out of that game until the very end. Um, and I don't know if you saw, but Hopkins uh, took a helmet to helmet shot in the end zone, which should have given them uh, a first and goal at the one. And it just wasn't called Hopkins like tweeted at the NFL, like a video of him, very clear helmet to helmet shot in the end zone. He's like, NFL, I need an explanation for this. Like why wasn't a flag thrown? So that changes everything. They still would have needed a two point conversion. But the point is, is that they played hard. They had a chance to win. And he is a difference maker, and uh, and their offense is showing up accordingly. So, 
given that, if you feel like taking it to the tracker, I'm on the cards on this one. Hey, yo, let's do it. We haven't had any action tracker bets yet this week. Let's do it, Mad Money Mike. All right, let's head to afternoon, another afternoon game. Los Angeles Rams heading into Tampa Bay, taking, taking on the Buccaneers. This, this line is squarely at three. The Buccaneers are at home, favored by three. Mad Money Mike, both of these teams are underperforming this year. However, <sighs> I'm not willing to lay i'm not willing to yeah lay more than three points versus most teams particularly as the bucks uh so give me the rams um sean mcveigh i realize they did not look too good versus the 49ers but i mean the bucks don't look good either um so yeah i'm, I'm willing to take the points here with the rams what do you think yeah i'm with you man um I find it actually incredibly fascinating that the Bucks are favored. This is definitely some line tomfoolery out of Vegas once again. I don't know who would take Bucks minus three. If you can find me a better that would take Bucks minus three after everything that's gone on, then, well, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll be surprised. I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, I mean, the Rams just got shellacked by the 49ers, but I think the 49ers are a lot better than people realize, especially getting McCaffrey. And just with McVay going up against uh, the first-year coach, and I don't know if it's his first-year ever coaching, I think it is, the new coach for the Buccaneers and everything that they've got going on, I just simply, with a gun to my head, there's no possible way I could take the Bucs. Uh, so, yeah, Rams plus three. Nice. Heading into the Sunday night game. Tennessee Titans headed into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. I believe the Chiefs are the team coming off a bye. Yeah, Chiefs coming off a bye. Man, the spread is 12 and a half. And I was just thinking, Titans, 12 and a half, that's way too many. But the Chiefs coming off a bye, the big tomato, Andy Reid, is something insane. He's like 18 and four against the spread off a bye. But that's a huge number. I'll probably stay away from that. Mad Bunny Mike, I don't know if you have a feel on this game. Over-under is 46.5. What do you think? It's too big of a number. It's too big of a number. You're talking about Derrick Henry, possibly the greatest running back, you know, in the last two millennia. Like, there's just no possible way that you're going to tell me that 12.5 points is a lock in the NFL, especially because when you're running the ball, the way the Titans run the ball, you're eating up a lot of clock. And the way that the Chiefs operate with a lot of dink and dunk, you know, it's like they they kind of, in a way, use the passing game the way that like Peyton Manning used to, like an extension of the run game. On a bam, six yard pass, bam, eight yard pass, blah 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 blah. They chip away, chip away, chip away. Now, obviously, the Chiefs do a lot of big plays, also. But the point I'm making is that a lot of game clock gets eaten up, and when a lot of game clock gets eaten up, it's tough to put up big spreads just because everything gets more condensed, scores happen less often. I like Titans, and I also like under 46 and a half. Single game parlay. hey -o. Nice. All right, let's close it out with the Monday night football game here in New Orleans. Man, maybe I could try and find a way to go to that game. We'll see. Dear children, please let me go. Um, the Baltimore Ravens heading into New Orleans to take on the Saints. As it stands right now, the Saints at home are two and a half point underdogs. So this will be a you know a long week of rest for the Ravens because they played on Thursday night versus the Bucks. Um, got they got away with the win, so they'll be on the road again with some extra rest. Meanwhile, the Saints blanking the Raiders 24 zip. So Saints uh, kind of looking good, but 
little bit of a different situation at home Monday night, two and a half. Man, I really wish that was three. Although it does look like Ravens are getting some action there, minus 120 at minus two and a half. So that line might move to three. Um, I don't know if I've just got recency bias while I want to bet the Saints here. Yep, I just figured it out. So give me the Ravens, minus two and a half before that line gets to minus three. What do you think, Mad Money Mike? Take it to the tracker. I'm on the Saints money line, plus 130. Oh. Yeah, right, I mean, well, how about um, yeah? How about we just do uh, against the spread so we can uh, keep it even? Yeah, out. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Give me Saints plus two and a half for sure. But I will be taking the Saints money line. Um, the Ravens have got problems on offense, man. Like I said, you know, Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to get away with uh, with all of his inaccuracy for too long, man. And the Saints are on a hot streak, and momentum is momentum, man. And uh, the the Ravens are on a bit of a downtrend. The Saints are on a bit of an uptrend. It's just too spicy, a plus 130 to pass up. It's a one-game winning streak for the Saints. What's, what sort of hot streak are you talking about? The Ravens have won two straight. Up, All right, listen, man. Don't, <laughs> don't ask the scientist how he came up with his recipe, okay? Just trust it. What's that phrase? Like, don't punch a gift horse in the mouth or something? Bingo. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Okay, yeah, we're yeah. taking to the tracker. I'm about to take you for 50, and I should just keep my mouth shut and count the cheddar. So, um. Appreciate that, Mad Money Mike. I tell you what, that is gonna hey, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, wait. Pause. I think that we we would we would be uh, it would be uh, whatever you want to call it. It would be a mistake to not quickly talk about of all of the times that the Sharps have been taking the Jaguars in all of these situations where we're like, what? How can the Jaguars possibly be favored? What? How can the Jaguars possibly be favored now at home? Against the decrepit Raiders, they are one and a half point underdogs. What is happening with the Jags and the Lions, man? It just blows my mind. You know, so anyways, enough said, man. Ignorance, Ignorance is bliss, Mad Money Mike. That's why I just like completely skipped over this game. These are yeah. two garbage teams. Why am I going to like do mental gymnastics trying to understand why the hell that line exists? That is the weirdest thing to me, man. The Raiders. Oh, yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, okay. That's that. All right, man. I am absolutely pumped. Stacks and Ched in week nine. That was a uh, that was a hell of a gun to the head segment, brother. Now it's the ultimate gun to the head segment. Let's talk locks of the week. Mad Money Mike, like we said, you are six and three. You got the Pats minus two and a half. The Jets last week. You're doing great. I'm four and four. The Bills, they're freaking one point. I had ten and a half, but they won by ten. I fall to four and four. Memory Mike, the hot streak. Why don't we uh why don't we let you go first? You got a lock of the week for week number nine. I'll tell you what. I'll bet you the next three people I ask, two of them will say that it looks like sugar rice. Right, how much? Hundred dollars? Two hundred dollars. Thousand. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up. Uh, I'm gonna pick up where you left off on the bills, and I'm pounding them hard at minus thirteen. Like I said, this is your standard 34-10, 41-10. Maybe the Jets score 13, but they're definitely winning by more than 13 points. Josh Allen is not going to stand for that performance that he put on in front of the whole world in a primetime game. He's going to come back crisp and precise, and that team is going to play at the high level that they're expected to play at. They're going to absolutely feast 
on whatever dead body the Jets roll out there, which I guess may be Zach Wilson, and they will absolutely win by more than 13. Bills, minus 13, low T Otis. <laughs> All right. I am torn right now for my lock of the week. Part of me likes the Titans getting plus 12 and a half in Kansas City, but the big tomato coming off of a bye, that number, the, the, the Chiefs in general scare the heck out of me. Also, like the Vikings minus three and a half versus the Commanders. I think that there's just too much offense. Yeah, let's go. Let's roll with the Minnesota Vikings heading into Washington, beating the Commanders by more than three and a half. It's my lock of the week. <laughs> nice, dude. I know if there's one thing that our loyal listeners love, it's uh, it's uncertainty in the lock of the week pick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, can I do two? I mean, I, I'm, I got some making up ground to do. I've got two locks of the week. I just had to cherry pick only the best for our loyal listeners. And here's you trying to, of course, it's all about the messaging. You, I like, done, uh, what? No, like I've done this a million times. Like InfoWars, just... Alex Jones, I'm suing your ass for $965 million. You'll never own a pair of shoes again. How about that? <laughs> All right, fair enough, because I have waffled many times during my lock of the week pick, so I am just razzing you, but uh, but I like the Vikings. You're going to win here, dude. I'm putting it out there in the universe, man. Let's go. Let's go, Big Red Brent. You got this. Nice, and we all know the essential universe of time and space and ethers is, uh, <laughs> is exciting and fascinating stuff. Mammy Mike, check us out on Twitter, at It's a Lock Podcast. We still don't have any little listener emails. We know you're out there. Uh, I know that uh, we lost the Europe crowd a couple of pods ago when we talked about pork and beans. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we got some good stuff on Twitter. Check us out at It's Lock Podcast. Shoot us an email. Mad Money Mike, that leads us to our closeout segment, Diaper Dad Diaries. I think I went first last week. I'll let you kick it off. Uh, Diaper Dad Diary of the week is, uh, well, it's kind of – hasn't really quite happened yet, but I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there because we did try on the outfit. Um, well outfits, I should say. So we're getting prepared for Halloween and we've, uh, we like bought that. She's going to be Madeline, you know, I don't know if you know Madeline, like the children's story or whatever. So like we get like the Madeline outfit and we're like preparing it. We want her to like, Hey, let's try it on, you know, kind of get her used to wearing it so that we don't go to put it on her and she doesn't want to wear it. And then like, of course, during the practice session, no, no, I don't want to be Madeline. I don't want to wear the dress. I don't want to wear the hat. Like, no, I don't want to do it. And then we were like, oh, but like, oh, Halloween is so fun. Remember last year? And we're like showing her pictures from last year. And she like had this like lion suit on. And she's like, I want my lion suit. I want my lion suit. And just like by like sheer coincidence, like a couple days ago, Elena had taken a bunch of stuff that we would just like been having in storage unit, old baby stuff to the consignment shop. And one of the things was her lion outfit from last year's Halloween. So Elena goes back to the consignment shop and it's like still there. They had just like put a price tag on it for like eight bucks or something. So I was like, hey, I dropped this off a few days ago. Like I'm buying it back from you. So we went <laughs> Wait, to the consignment shop. Just took we, no, we, no, we bought it. I think I said it was like eight bucks. So we go to the consignment shop. We buy back the lion suit. And then now apparently she's going to be the lion, which is what she was last year. But there's been signs that she may not want to do that either. We might be in big trouble for Halloween, dude. She might not be dressing up at all. This girl is feisty, and when you try to get her to do something, it is not. It is not uh, more times than not, it's a hard no. So we're gonna see what's gonna happen tonight. So the whole Halloween fiasco, which 
some of it has started and some of it's about to start in a couple hours <laughs> is the diaper dad diary of the week oh man so we should we should stay tuned for next week yeah, tv uh, continued this is a part two <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because what i want to tell you mad money mike you've seen inception right like how are you going to incept into this baby that they need to be either Madeline or a lion, dude. Dude, That's her 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 mind is like encased in lead. I can't get in there for anything, <laughs> dude. She's so stubborn, dude. She is just like her mother through and through. Ooh, uh, edit, edit. <laughs> Don't worry, we've lost all the crowd by then, <laughs> by now. So, all right, over here, Dapper Dad Diary. Just two, just one quickly this morning. I was uh, you know, coming in to get some breakfast uh in the kitchen, and Kramer was about to eat his breakfast he says i want some cereal and so like the you know the nanny makes him some cereal and he's just sitting in like a, my chair eating cereal just like a regular <laughs> kid it was like i had to sit back and like take a double take it's like holy crap like you're you're eating your own cereal so that was pretty nice. cool but the main difference that diary is we went to uh all you can eat sushi i freaking love this place i go there all the time and uh but this time i brought uh you know kramer and chitin were able to come so we got like a, a booth or like a corner booth or something. So we're all sitting there and Kramer's in the middle of us and, uh, you know, jumping up and down, jumping off the walls. But, hey, you know, got to eat sushi. We got to stay focused. We got him like a little kid's teriyaki dish or something. And he's like standing up, though. And, you know, he's like right at like my eye level, my face level. And so he's eating, <laughs> taking turns eating and jumping. And I'm eating sushi. And something happens. He like takes a big old bite of like teriyaki chicken and rice and just like sneezes like literally like all <laughs> over me just like <laughs> i'm like trying to eat all my sushi it's like rice like mostly uh, on my shirt but like definitely got me in the face uh, it's like uh, i'm just looking around like what the heck just happened it's like yeah. to kramer and mommy it's like no big deal but like to me it's like i'm literally covered in teriyaki rice right now mm. so, the joys uh, of being a parent um, dude the, the service the sucked at that place so that, that was the downside but Anyway, I got to keep going back because they're the best, the best food you could get for sushi. So, yeah, well, the waitresses don't usually like wipe uh, rice off of your shirt. You shouldn't have even asked. <laughs> they were going to have a, a, quite a bit to uh, sweep up off the floor, but um, we, we, like, hey, we're going to need a to go box. Like, Kramer is like a woodpecker. He like barely ate anything of his food. It's so, like, <laughs> we have like a full plate of food here. And she gets us like the little tiny. Like you could barely fit like a single hamburger in there. And mm. we're like, uh, can you just like we're gonna need a bigger one? But like she like played like she didn't speak English to us, so we're like, all right, fine, Ooh. forget it. So we're like Ooh. jamming it in there, like it barely fit, and then of course like it popped open on the ride home. So Ooh. Um, Ooh, a little triple whammy on that story. Yeah, I mean I still gotta tip them well because like I'm a regular there, so like I will be back, but I was frustrated, so I didn't really have any way to take it out except for bad-mouthing them here on this pod, which, you know, risky because they may find out. But, oh, uh, way to go. Way to go. We just lost more listeners, dude. The whole sushi <laughs> we just lost, gone. We just lost Asia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Before we end up losing the rest of planet Earth and who knows, like the aliens in the outer ether time and space, Mad Money Mike, season three, episode number 10. How do you want to close this out? As always, Big Bet Brent, I appreciate you. I appreciate our loyal listeners. I am looking forward to all of the tweets that we're going to get at It's Log Podcast and all of the loyal listener emails we're going to get at It's Log Podcast at gmail.com because there's going to be so many this week. And just in anticipation of that, it makes me super happy. So thank you in advance for that. And I can't wait to do it again next time, my man.
Well said, Mad Money Mike. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's going to do it for It's a Lock Podcast. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, I am Big Bet Brent saying so long and good luck. It's a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.